I want to welcome everybody to the podcast for Real Honest Church Talk. And what we plan to do with this podcast is to bring up subjects that are difficult to talk about in church. Some things that are avoided, some stuff that we need to know as a church body, um, how to help, what to do with real life issues. And so I've got my first guest with me today, blessed to have James and Duncan. And um, today we're going to talk about people that have been in prison. And I want to talk about that today because I think that the church needs to, number one, understand what it's like for people in prison, uh, maybe prison ministries, how they affected your lives in prison, um, what it's like when you get out of prison and what you deal with, and just um, and how the church plays a part in all of that as well. And so we can just start out with, James, you can start us out with how long you were in um, and also how long you've been out? I was in prison for 38 years, from the time I was 17 until I was 55. And I've been out just almost exactly 18 months. Okay. And so, um, Duncan, how long? Brandon. <laughs> what am I doing? You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, so, I've been in and out a few times. Um, this last go around was 12 years of uh, federal incarceration, and I've been out, out almost a year. And how did you become believers, followers of Jesus? Was it in prison? Absolutely. It was in prison. Can you tell, tell us about that? Yeah. I was housed with a person who was actually employed by a ministry that did um, correspondence courses, free correspondence courses for inmates. And I just kept seeing this glow around him. Mm -hmm. And I went through some really dark times. I lost a couple of friends to, to overdoses. I had a friend who committed suicide. He had gotten out and he committed suicide because he was cornered by the police and he didn't want to come back. Yeah. And I was in a really dark place and I just kept seeing this guy with this glow. And I, I asked him, you know, what is it, you know, why do you have this glow about you? Mm -hmm. And he said, it's God. And I'm like, okay, yeah, see you later. You know? <laughs> and, and, and I don't ran. want any of that. Yeah, and, and ran. Right. And, you know, just the darker things got, the brighter his glow got. Mm -hmm. And I, I finally just got to a point where it's like, I got to have some of that. And he invited me to her. The church service and I was actually saved that night. Wow, that's awesome. So they had regular church services then like every yeah. Sunday? Or? Uh, at this particular institution, this ministry had one on Sunday and one on Thursday night and there were several other ministries. They had just Christian services mm -hmm. At you know, I, I was at Potosi at this time, which is where Death Row was housed, mm. and there were at that time probably eight or ten Christian services a week. Oh wow! But when COVID hit, all of that went away, mm -hmm. and 
you know, I don't know how the services are now. Mm -hmm. I know they have at least one because I'm still in touch with some of the people that I left behind. Okay. And, you know, they're... Now, is it different groups that come in? Yeah. So different organizations, different, different creatures each week or <coughs> well, for each service? The one that was involved with the service that I, um, that I was saved at, he had actually been going into Potosi since it opened in, 90, in 87. You know, so he mm -hmm. had been, been going there for 20 years at that point. Wow. What was it like when services stopped because of COVID? Uh, I wasn't at Okay, Potosi. so you weren't yeah. in then? Okay. Well, I, I was, but I wasn't at that institution. Okay. And the institution that I was at at that time, there there were hardly any, in, even pre-COVID, there were hardly any uh, Christian services. There were like two a week. And then, were you born again inside, or? Yeah, so for me, I, I kind of grew up uh, going back and forth. Um, I was, my trouble in life started pretty young. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of dealing with some things, when I was younger, I was in a facility for juveniles um, that was downtown in downtown Kansas City. So we were allowed to have like family weekend passes and things to go with our families. And my grandma and grandpa would would come get me to stay with them for the weekend. And so on Sundays, we were allowed to go to church, mm -hmm. um, and. That was kind of our extension of our our pass for the week. Because if you didn't go to church, you had to be back at an early hour. So you know, right? Um, but the the guidelines for that, excuse me, were we had to go to a church that they were involved with. Um, oh, okay. So at, at at 16 years old, uh, my grandma and I and one of the deacons' wives were the only three white individuals. And, uh -huh. uh, in an all-black uh, Baptist inner city church, and I was playing drums for them. And, nice. Um, so it's really been back and forth, but <clears throat> you know, in the midst of addiction and street life and gang affiliation and all these things, you know, in time you get in trouble. At least for me, uh, I would say, you know, God, just help me out of this, and, and you know, I won't do it again. And, <laughs> right. Knowing that I was going to go do it again every time, but yeah. Um, this time. I was in active addiction uh, for a, a very large quantity of my life, um, and even while in prison. Okay. Um, so in federal custody this time, I just got to a point uh, where I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a gang member, and I didn't want to be a drug addict, and I didn't want to be these things anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I I've got on my knees uh, in a federal prison cell and just said, God, you know, I know that we aren't supposed to ask for signs, right? but I'm doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, just show me that you're really going to have me. Like, because I, I, can't, I, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. This can't keep me in my life, the revolving door of prison and addiction. And um, I think the main reasoning for me doing this, my mom had got really sick. Um, and I just didn't want to continue to live my life the way I was and lose her. Right. Um, so three days, about, oh, about three three days, maybe four days after I asked God to show me a sign, mm -hmm. uh, the federal...
Medical staff told me that I had congestive heart failure from, from intravenous drug use. Mm -hmm. um, that um, what they now call methamphetamine is ice, it's a fungus. Mm -hmm. uh, it was regrowing in the valves of my heart, causing them to collapse. Mm. So I felt like at that point that there was there was no bigger sign. Right, you know, that's, that's a sign. That's, that's absolutely a sign. Right, absolutely a sign. So from that point forward, I, I diligently applied myself to scripture and to understanding God better. Mm -hmm. um, I later on ended up in a Oklahoma uh, facility jail facility with a celly that was very in tune with what God had chosen him to do. He was very, um, he was he was powerful spiritually uh -huh. and he was very intelligent and, and his father was sending him books so we got to to read a lot of really neat things, the Kabbalah, um, Dead Sea Scrolls, mm -hmm. stuff that I probably wouldn't have had another opportunity to read. Right. And it really opened my eyes um, not only to understanding that God has really always been there, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't step away, he doesn't walk away or turn away. Right. He'll wait. Yes. Um, and then I got a better understanding of the life that I had lived up until that point was the life that he had chose for me to live up until that point. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, it didn't fully... Uh, um, solidify the foundation of that thought process until a few months before I was released to come home God put a dream or, or, or a vision in my dream that I would be in front of people talking about addiction uh, and recovery and my walk with him uh, so I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was on the right path right. that I was doing the things that I was supposed to be doing not only to get closer to God um, but to get closer to being an individual that God would use to work through to touch these people on these streets and absolutely, yeah. um, and that's you know I've I've learned that in my I have a background in addiction as well, yeah. and I have eleven years clean, and um, what I have learned is because for a little bit I tried to run from being the person that was addicted. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be that person, known as that person anymore. Absolutely. And so um, I tried to choose paths in ministry that didn't include that. Well, God always brought me back to that. Absolutely. You know, He always brought because because He uses everything that we've been through in our lives. You know, He the Bible says that He changes, takes the ashes and Absolutely. changes it to beauty. Absolutely. You know, in our weakness, His strength is made perfect. He says. That he uses the foolish to confound the wise, and probably yeah. all of us that yeah. many a time in our lives were considered foolish. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're living in addiction, um, people consider you foolish, and a lot of times we are. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't, I never realized I was an alcoholic by the time I was 13. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know, it, it's easier to get drugs for me anyhow. It was easier to get drugs in in prison than it was on the streets. Yeah, let's talk about that, because I think that's, you know, people will hear that sometimes, but a lot of people will assume that, oh, if my loved one goes, gets locked up, then at least they'll get clean. Yeah. <coughs> they, they, they will get clean if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to. I was clean. I got clean a long time before I got sober, because I got clean in 2000, mm -hmm. and... 
I didn't didn't accept Christ until 2011. And those 11 years were just as miserable as when I was doing the drugs. Yes. It's just that I was clean. Right. And th that's, difference. to me, there's a huge difference between clean and being sober. Mm -hmm. You know, clean is just without the drugs. And sober is thinking correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had 11 years where I, where I, or you're just hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. And everything's it's, miserable still. Yeah, it's still just, it's like, man, why did I quit? Mm -hmm. Man, why did I quit? And then I get smacked on the back of my head. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's why. Right. The drugs, that was how I made early in my prison career, that was how I made my money was by selling drugs. And it, so did people that come and visit you, did they like sneak them in? Or? Staff. staff. <coughs> I mean, I mean it's a, I think it's a combination. It, yeah, it's of, a com combination. Of a lot of things, yeah, yeah staff, <coughs> um, visitation, the mail. Mm -hmm. um, just a couple of years before my federal prison release, um, they completely stopped any incoming mail. Yeah. As far as you don't get, if I send you something in the mail, you're not getting what I sent. You're going to get a copy of it, oh, okay. um, or your pictures even are copied, or your yeah. whatever. You know, now the yeah. state of Missouri has done it where you don't even get mail sent directly to you yeah. at you, that facility. You get all of your mail on on your tablet. On a tablet, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because of the things coming yeah. in through. When this. when you when a person in Missouri, their mail actually goes to Florida, Florida. Yep. and they scan your your letter in and send email it. Yeah. yeah, send yeah. it electronically. Because there, a lot of K two comes in, or was coming in through the mail. Mm -hmm. And what about uh, how, how when you came to know the Lord? in prison, how was, as far as the population goes, because we all hear about jailhouse religion, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that's like a popular term, <laughs> and so how is it in, in prison when you accept the Lord, are you open with your, your faith at that point, how are, you know, how are you treated, what's kind of the ratio, how does that work? Where at Potosi, where I was, where I accepted the Lord, mm -hmm. it was actually physically dangerous to be associated as a Christian. And, you know, that, in my mind, made the people who were involved in the church there much more real. Because it could be a physical life and death decision mm -hmm. whether you went to a church service or not. Wow. And during the time frame that I was there, that lessened a lot to where the the threat of physical violence by the time I left Potosi was not, uh, you know, was not there anymore. And, you know, you had to be really hardcore about God to, to go to a church service. But then I went to other camps after that where people used the church services just to get out of the cell, just to get out, to go have, you know, some, they couldn't, didn't have contact with people in other housing units, but they do at the church services, so they'd go okay. there to, 
do whatever with people from the other. Yeah. You know, so they they used the church services a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes there, and how much of that happened really depended on the people from the streets who came in and how diligent they were on keeping it, you know, strictly on God. Yeah. Yeah, and I can can imagine that 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 happens. And kind of, I guess, the way to look at it is, well, maybe some of those seeds will take root at some time. You know, they have the wrong motives to go to the service, but hopefully God will harvest those seeds that are planted. So what was your experience? So for, for mine, so f- federal, the federal prison system is uh, is very uh, prison politic based. Um, it's very race oriented. Mm. Um, you are very segregated as far as who you're allowed to conversate with or, or be in in uh, conversation with or in business with or around. Um, and it's not the prison's rules, uh, it's just the politics of um, inmate, in, inmates and inmates' lives. Because you have everywhere from all over the United States as well as other countries. So mm-hmm. a lot of places do time and serve time a, a lot harsher and in a lot different ways than the state of Missouri does. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> with mine, I, I wasn't able to, you know, if, if I wanted to yeah. speak to him, but he was... Uh, in, in, in a gang uh, organization or if he was of a different race, I wasn't allowed to approach him to speak about it. Um, so, but, wow. f- but for me, uh, I still was very open. Um, mm-hmm. I spoke to my cellies about it. I would um, talk s- about scripture with them. I would try to get them to read or join if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tell them about the things that I had been brought from, that I was continually being delivered from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I never, I never kept it quiet. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a dangerous situation for me to speak to them about it. But if I would have went outside of that yeah. group, it would have absolutely been a dangerous situation for me. Interesting. So did you guys, did you go to church services there? Yeah, so <clears throat> the unfortunate side, uh, I was in high custody the entire time I was in federal custody. And what's that mean? Uh, so that means that I was in a United States penitentiary. That's the, it, that's the highest level you Imagine can go. Maximum security. Yeah, okay. unless you go to a, there's a facility in Colorado that's completely, yeah, that's completely locked down. It's, it's underground. People don't come out of their cells uh, for many, many, many years. Mm. Uh, that's, that's the only thing higher than where I was. Okay. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that we don't get the same movement or uh, activities as the lower levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, violent people, um, people with, with long, long, long terms of sentences to do. Um, anybody that's gang oriented or things of that nature has to go there. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of violence. Um, and without getting too far into um, what occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, they have what they call a hands-off policy. Um, so there's no fist fights. Um, if you get into it with somebody, it's going to be the whole group and their whole group and people are probably going to get killed yeah. and stabbed and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So it happens you know, pretty often and we would be on lockdown for a long sense of time. I mean there would be times where there would be two or three, four months at a time we didn't get to come out of ourselves. Wow. So 
that gave me the opportunity to to further my studies and my reading and my and my uh, foundation to continue to solidify the foundation mm-hmm. uh, of from my for me and God and and my place you know with yeah. God and how to speak about it and grow in it. It was a great opportunity. You know, I tried to take a positive out of everything now. I didn't didn't used to right. be able to do that. Right. Um, so the positive <laughs> in that was that it was, God allowed yeah. me that opportunity to grow with him. Mm-hmm. But I still absolutely spoke yeah. about it and talked to people about it. He, he sat you down and gave you time to Absol- study. Absolutely. <laughs> He's absolutely. like, there's the corner. Yeah. Go to it yeah. when your homework's done. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, and I, I often think this, that um, if people would take the Bible without any outside influence, mm-hmm. you know, no pastor preaching to mm-hmm. you, um, if you just took the Word of God and you read it, I think that probably we would take away from it uh, differently than what we in maybe America take from it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we would probably take our faith more serious if we just we just stuck with the Word of God and said oh well these are these are the expectations if you're a follower of Christ. You know Jesus said if you're my follower uh, consider the cost. You know, consider the cost. Yeah. And then he says, take up your cross daily Absolutely. and follow me. Absolutely. Well, a cross is not, is not a, a fun place. A cross is not an easy no. place. <laughs> you know, and so I think that how did that, have, have you, um, either of you, from what you learned in your own studies, have you found any difference or noticed any difference when you hear, like, preachers preach in America or, or even... TV pastors, you know, that can, and I'm not going to lie, I'll be right out there, I'm not a huge fan of TV pastors, most of them, you know, some of them are okay, I'm not going to blanket the whole group, but I just, I think that, um, that's probably, things are said in a way to get uh, more viewers or more attendance than it is to help, help your people walk in a way that that Jesus intended us to be. I think for me, <clears throat> because I was uh, such a harsh individual per se in the life I chose previous to walking with God, mm-hmm. um, I want somebody that's that's gonna not candy coat things. Yeah. Um, I don't want you to uh, dance around the bush and make things soft so that everybody's okay with it. Right. I want you to be upfront and open about everything that you're preaching about. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back. If you hurt somebody's feelings, so what? It's what it is. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, Amen. Um, for me, that's where I that's what I gravitate towards. You know, mm-hmm. I, and absolutely, do I do I hear things spoke about that that I read and and you know think about and process from the Bible? Absolutely, I do. Um, and I feel like that where I'm at now, church wise, mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe that that. Our pastor uh, speaks the same as what I feel like I would. Yeah. Uh, just because his life was the same. Right. Um, I feel like that you would probably be the same as well, since your life was the same as yes. well. You have that background, and yes. and and you you feel that there's no reason to candy coat things. But I can't go to a church um, where the guys or the feet woman, you know, has on a thousand dollar 
business suit and um, we're going to be real nice and, mm -hmm. and we're going to preach real calmly and right. and, and no I, I, I can't mm -hmm. uh, I can't sit through a service yeah yeah I just feel like that that's not God didn't come he didn't send uh, Jesus um, to die for our sins for things to be soft and okay right death is not easy so it's why not. should we be easy about it right it, scripture even said it doesn't say that it might be difficult. He guarantees it's going it to be difficult. You know, it's going to be. And all the, you know, the, the rainbows and butterflies uh, sermons, I mean, those are good, but you need the hellfire and brimstone. You need some meat, not always well, milk. If you, if you can't say what you were saved from, mm -hmm. You know, without the hellfire and brimstone, you don't know what you you were saved from. Right. If you can't answer the question, what was I saved from, are you really saved? Ah, that's that's a good word. Yeah. So when you say, I'm saved, yeah, what, what from? were you saved from? Yeah, yeah. what were you saved from? Mm -hmm. And without that, the way Brandon meant, said it was harshness, but, you know, that yeah. that, that, real, that realness. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's got to be real. Mm -hmm. You know, what were you saved from? Okay, this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's where I feel like we actually have an advantage because we, and including you with, with the addiction background, yeah. you know, that addicts and convicts have an advantage because we know <laughs> what yes. we were saved from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a, a quote where it said, you know, the reason that there are so many crisp, so many believers among ex-addicts is because, you know, we've seen, we've lived in hell, so we know there is a God. Right. Yes. And that's that's been a kind of a weird uh, dynamic with me as a, as a pastor and coming out of hell yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> of addiction um is is having a mix of people which a, a mix of people makes a healthy church yes. you know you, so you need old young middle kids the whole mm -hmm. thing if you have a whole church of ex-addicts sometimes it's not going to be as healthy of a church yeah. if you have a whole church that's never experienced any strongholds well that's not going to make a healthy church but it's just finding that balance of okay because this is what i know you know, that this is what I know, yeah. this is um, what God has saved me from. And to know there's there's a difference in people. God saves people yes. that have gone to church their whole yes. lives. You know, so I, I also try, because sometimes I think as people in recovery and that have lived a hard life, it's, it's, it's easy for us to say, um, <clears throat> Well, this is what God saved me from. You know, yeah. what He saved you from. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't like to be the people that people say, "Oh, well, they they've lived in addiction, so they really needed Jesus." You know, yeah, right. but we Everybody. can we can do that to people that have yeah. have been raised in the church and maybe not had um, a stronghold. Maybe they had parents, you know, a mom and dad mm -hmm. that raised them. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's that balance. It's a strange balance for me, but. Um, in a way, it's it's like because I I kind of I started in that path like yeah. I'm gonna God's gonna give me a church full of people that 
are in addiction, are battling addiction, have gone through addiction, you know, mm -hmm. and God showed me, he's like, everybody matters to the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa. And the thing of it is, with addiction, it doesn't necessarily have to be drugs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you, <coughs> you just said, I, I was waiting yeah. for uh -huh. you to be done to say uh -huh. this. So. You know, it, it's not just drugs. Right. A lot, a lot of people don't realize that they have an addiction. Yeah, exactly. I, can, I can be addicted to money. I can be addicted to cars, to clothes, to food. To my way of thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To how I, how, I, uh, how I push off to people my, my ways or my opinions yes. or my thoughts or... Uh, food, sex, I mean, it's yeah. on and on and on. And on. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah and, and I have I try to explain that. So in uh, I notice myself in sermons, I'll say, you know, addiction of any kind. And then, yeah. you know, I can even, I'll go into um, anxiety, worry. You know, yeah. people are addicted to worry. Mm -hmm. They'll stay up all night and they're in bondage. Their yeah. lives are mm -hmm. wrecked because yes. they're so worried. They yes. can't trust God and give yes. that to Him, yes. you know. Yes. So, so, yes, I do yes. believe that every Every single person yes. pretty much battles some type oh, of strong in their lives. I and also believe that, that uh, people that have chosen the lives that we've now chosen, um, even if they haven't had addiction, can become addicts uh, and in addiction spiritually. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I start to perceive the Bible in the Word a certain way, without allowing myself to be completely open to God moving through me through Scripture, yeah. then I can begin to push my thought process or my perceptions Absolutely. off on Him Absolutely. or off on you, and that can become an addiction without realizing mm -hmm. that they're addicted to it. That's good word. Yeah. And we all, we all have a tendency, like myself, I, I do everything pretty much full bore. You know, I did that in addiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did that in work. Yeah. I do that as... Yeah. Um, in ministry, and so the way I look at it is, okay, I, I'm probably I would be in the category of addicted to Jesus. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. But yeah. I totally get what you're saying as far as if, yeah. if we start yeah. pushing our own agenda. Yeah. This is the way it's got to be. No, that book is the way it's got right. to be. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's there's all kinds of. You know, the scripture is alive. It's living. Absolutely. You know, it's living water. And yes. so we are always going to get different things out of scripture. It's always got to be in context as well. It's always got to be interpreted by scripture. If this certain word is used in scripture and it means this, okay, where else was it used in scripture? How does that tie yeah. and, together? Yeah. And I think that that's so, that's so important. Um, that was one of in the places. The word. Yeah, one of the places where I was so blessed in my early biblical education is the ministry that I was talking about that did the correspondence courses. Mm -hmm. They actually opened an office in Potosi and we graded the correspondence courses. And part of those courses were what do you say questions mm -hmm. where there wasn't, and it was to check to see if they were absorbing the knowledge from that particular course. And my best education was answering the questions. Yeah. Doing the research to answer the questions yeah. in a correctly, you know, in a yeah. biblically correct way. And, you know, that was my best education. You know, we, we had a very good research library, mm -hmm. but just 
doing that research to somebody saying, well, it says this here and it says that there. Why is it different? And, yeah, you know, it, it and causes you to dig into the world. Yes. And it makes you believe, know what you believe yeah. and why yeah. you believe. Absolutely. But as far as, <laughs> like me as a pastor, I, I have said some things at church where I, I believe that I was right in my in my thinking, interpretation, whatever you want to say. Sure. And then yeah. realize after some further study, whoops, you know, yeah. well, that, that wasn't right. And, <laughs> and so I'll stand up in front of the congregation and say, okay, this is what I said months ago. I just want you to know that I've studied this out more and what have you. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. We're all growing. Absolutely. We're yeah. all learning. Absolutely. And so, really, yeah. That brings up something. My teacher at that time, said something about prayer that I absolutely disagreed with. Mm -hmm. I wanted to prove him wrong so bad. <laughs> I dug in scripture trying to find one verse that would help me prove him wrong for six months. And everything that I found supported what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right, you got that. You got that one. I gotta change the way I think on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's okay. You know, it's okay to to have a wrong theology on some things that I say aren't, you know, yeah. salvation based. It's like we're we're the body of Christ. We're supposed to live in unity. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to the church that you attend, Reach KC. Reach KC. Yep. Yeah. And they are doing a an awesome work down in. Uh, Kind of the inner city. Yeah, east side inner city. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so um, unfortunately, I've attended a funeral there of a, a gentleman that had an overdose. Sure. But um, I, I respected greatly the message that your pastor gave yeah. for that, and I thought, man, that's right. Yeah. He, you know, he doesn't. He didn't step away f away from from anything. He, like you said, he didn't sugarcoat anything. And I thought, man, he's. I could tell he's been through it. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely shout out to Reach KC. Yeah. And um, I wanted to, to talk about, so when you, when you got out of prison, tell me what, what you've experienced so far. Because from what I understand, um, when you're a felon, it's, it's hard to get a job. I know that um, a lot of people that have been inside that they get out and they, they do try to live a life, you know, that's right and by the law, but then they find out, well, gosh, I can't even make money, and so I'm going to go back to doing whatever I was doing just to support myself, just yeah. to support my family. <clears throat> so if you can share your experience, what it was like when you first, like when you first got out. When, when I first got out. Because you were in 38 years. Yeah, God had blessed me with, my stimulus money. I still had almost all of my stimulus money when I got out. Nice. So I went directly to a program in Warrensburg and they gave, showed me the grace to let me slowly integrate back mm -hmm. to where, because I had no clue. I was, I was terrified when I walked out that prison, that yeah. door. I mean, it was, it took five months for me to find my first job at Taco Bell. And the only reason that I got that job was the manager there was in recovery and knew one of the people that 
you know, one of the staff at the program that I was part of. That's mm -hmm. the only reason I got the job. Yeah. And but the first three months, I was so paralyzed by what ifs and oh wow, what's going on? That I I literally would not leave the property of the program by myself. Mm. I was that terrified. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense. You knew, yeah. you knew something on yeah. the inside for 38 years. It's like, it's like going, you know, being dropped in Antarctica. <laughs> it's like, okay, what, what do I, I do? do? Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> and, you know, it just took me a while to where I could even just walk around town. Mm -hmm. And I'm still in certain circumstances a little bit nervous like i just recently moved out here from the east side east side i was comfortable i, I just acted like i was in prison on the east side and i fit in yeah <laughs> you know yeah. but moving out here i'm i'm like uh okay i've got neighbors that don't shoot guns <laughs> <laughs> You know, I walk outside in the middle of the night and I hear owls, not gunshots. Mm -hmm. You know, the gunshots had become normal <laughs> to me and, yeah. you know, it's, I've taken a few steps of faith and been really blessed every step until recently. I don't know what it is that God has in mind for me, but he, remo he removed a distraction of a job, and I'm, I'm currently searching for a job again. Mm -hmm. I've actually had three jobs since I got out, and none of them lasted more than six, you know, more than like three or four months. Why is that? I think part of it is I'm still getting used to working in the real world. Mm -hmm. In prison, work was one of my escapes. Yeah. You know, I, I just, and I, I'm struggling with changing my mindset to where it's okay to not go in and go 110% on your job. Mm -hmm. to go in and just do half your job and leave it at that. I, you know, my entire life, it's you go in, you give it everything. You lose everything, but while you're on the job, that is everything. And there's a lot of people here that, a lot of people in free society that do not have that mindset. Right. That, you know, they go in, they're, they're doing everything they can to avoid work. <laughs> right, you yes. know, just, yeah. just give me the paycheck. I don't, you know, I'll show up, you know, I'll hide, I'll hide in the break room all day. Mm -hmm. Give me my paycheck. And that just irritates me to the point where I have a lot of difficulty getting rid of the anger and it... Then it shows. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, it, it, I know it's a defect inside me. Right. That I have to work on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been really blessed with my current situation mm -hmm. where 
family members going through some things, some health issues mm -hmm. and another family member is trying to take care of them and they were able to give me a place to stay and everything and by doing that it lightened their burden with that other yeah. family member because I'm able to take on some of that responsibility. I don't know, you know, like I said, right now I, I actually have a job interview this yeah. afternoon. Yeah, that's great. So, Did you ever, um, when you initially got out and mm -hmm. things were so different, did you ever think, I would, <clears throat> I just want to go back in because I know that system? Like, a lot of times. <laughs> My first job interview, when, I mean, it's naturally going to come up in a job interview. You know, this was my very first one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how is it that you're in your mid-50s mm. and you have never had a job? Yeah. I'm on parole, so when they ask something like that, I legally have to tell them. Yes. And I told the manager and she, looked, she physically flinched. If you had been looking over my shoulder it looked like I had drawn my fist back and was about to punch her in her jaw. That's how badly she physically flinched when I told her wow. that I'd been locked up mm -hmm. that entire time. Yeah. Needless to say, I didn't hear back from her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think these are good. This is what I want to have these conversations. Yeah. You know, um, James and I had talked about that on Sunday mornings, I can deliver a sermon. Sure. But there's no fee it's a one way street. Sure. You know, there's no there's no feedback. Yeah. There's there's no going back and forth. And um I think it's so important for the for people and for people in the church, the body of Christ, to know what other people have gone through that maybe is not their experience. Sure. Sure. The kind of feelings that they have. Sure. Because people tend to say, um, well you were in prison so long, so why would you even think about going back? You know, yeah. so so it's yeah. it's good to, to yeah. hear these things and, and the struggle. Yeah. Why don't you get a job? Well, this is yeah. this is the situation. This is how people react. So, what what has been your experience? <clears throat> My experience hasn't been uh, too bad coming out this time. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have any plans of ever doing anything different for a long time, and I was very open and upfront about it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to go out here and look for a job, and I'm not going to go out here and do uh, parole and report, and, and I'm not doing any of that. Uh, I'm going back to the same thing. Um, I later on found out through working the steps um, in recovery that I was uh, very uh, addicted to the lifestyle. Um, so in processing that, it's 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 helped me, you know, with 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 prayer and guidance um, through Scripture and God. It's helped me. Uh, understand that but so this time uh, all glory to God it, it's been fairly easy um, I knew you know a few years before my release exactly what I was going to do okay. I knew that I was going to come out here uh, and get involved in recovery I knew I wanted to get in college uh, I knew that I wanted to do these things as far as give back to the community that I took so much from right. um, I have PTSD 
that I deal with and suffer from, I think God is definitely uh, loosening uh, the the binds of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but at first, I, I can't. I couldn't do big crowds. I couldn't do loud sure. noises. I couldn't have people behind me. Um, Always standing up at the edge of the room. Yeah, you know when when your life is is solely uh, surrounded by violence and and death and things of that nature, it, it you know messes you up mentally. Yeah. Um, Course. And yeah, there was t- absolutely times, like you asked him, if there was times that I think I should just go back and it'd be easier. Absolutely, especially in addiction. Yeah. Uh, I can just go back and my family doesn't have to worry about me and I know mm-hmm. how to do it there and I'm somebody there. I'm respected <laughs> yeah. um, and I have things and I don't have to struggle. Um, yeah, it was like that for, for many years. Um, and how many years, because you went in and out. I did. So <clears throat> how many years did you do total? So. As an adult, about 17, uh, but then as a juvenile, five or six as well. So, I mean, it's been a large amount of my 43 years. Yeah. Um, so it was. it's different for you, too, as far as, as getting out and, and surroundings. Now, you had mentioned, because you, you lived a life in, in a gang. Absolutely, right? yeah. And so how how was that as far as getting out of that? So... <clears throat> I mean, we all watch I, TV. Sure, you know what I'm saying? No, sure, sure. <laughs> so um, it's like, but what's it like in real life? I, I was gone so long this time that the people that are now involved with what I was involved with are so young and okay. and have been, not been really a part very long. They don't they don't really know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they did, I've, I've covered most of it up, mm-hmm. um, tattoo wise. There's some things I can't cover, but yeah. Um, I'm protected by God, so right. you know, uh, try to if you want to, but I know right. who my protector is, so uh, I'm still in the same neighborhood several times a week. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I go to church on 29th and Van Brunt. I, I right. ran the streets in the northeast and the east side. Mm-hmm. I'm still in those neighborhoods every day. I almost Well, not every day, but uh, quite a few times a week. I'm in Independence all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know... Uh, the, the individuals that were part of its beginning, um, most are either dead or, or incarcerated for very long stints. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wrote them. I just wrote the individual that I felt was the most important to contact mm-hmm. and told them what my life is now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to do this anymore and I'm covering it up and I'm not going to present myself as that individual any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just said, okay. Uh, he just, uh, we're, we're not... Uh, 16 and we're not 18 and we're not 20 right. uh, 25 anymore yeah um, and we've been through a lot um, shot stabbed all, all kinds of things on and on and on was mm-hmm. a part of of our life, life. And, and and when you come to a realization that that God has brought you out of all that mm-hmm. when you find when it finally hits home and and, and sets in and and for me, it was a it was a, a point in my life where, where I just I just knew that it wasn't going to be my life any longer. Yeah. I just God brought me through this, and He brought me through this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and I'm still alive. So He's going to keep going. Yeah, and I'm still okay, and I'm yeah. and now I have the ability to tell other people what can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. So I laid it down uh, completely. That's awesome. Yeah. So, 
we've all heard about um, like jailhouse religion, where, where people will be in jail and it's kind of like they come come to God and they sometimes I think it is it's a true conversion experience. Sure. You know, there's there's all kinds of ways explained in the Bible of some seas are dropped on this path, some are on like sure. that kind of ground, some take hold. Um, and so what made it what do you think made it different for you guys? Because you've been you've been out for a minute and you're you're both active in churches. What do you think has kept you I guess that that's probably my question is what has kept you number one out and continuing to follow God? God, yeah. The grace of God. God did that. Yeah. There's and continues to do it. Yeah. Uh, I even having the past, I cannot imagine my life without God in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what I'm doing, there's going to be God in that. Mm -hmm. You know. And every time I'm like, okay, what now? Something comes along. Mm -hmm. Every time I've, I've thought about, man, it'd just be easier to go back. He's like, no, it won't. <laughs> right. I got the. I get, you, hey, you actually hold up, hold instead of insanity here. are living in some sanity. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You know. And, mm -hmm. and that's um, when when you have a real genuine experience with the Lord. And I think when because I myself that's how I came to God. I just dropped on my knees yeah. in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Yeah. I, I mean, I tried everything. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, so, so you've got to, and I think that when, when we're able to continue to go, I can't say so you've got to. Yeah. That's when it works. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's when our life changes. Mm -hmm. That's when we continue to, like you said, make a difference in our community that that we had a part of destroying. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. and it's when people can, because people then. They look at us. Yeah. They knew us. Yeah. They knew who we were. Yeah. And they look at us today. Yeah. And to me, it's like, man, what a privilege. Yeah. But to me also, it's like, man, what a lot of responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I have family members that absolutely refuse to come around me because they, the only me that they know is the teenager yeah. who was doing all that dirt. That's that's the, the James that they know. They don't know me now. Yeah. And, creation. Yeah, and, you know, part of my recovery, I have to understand, you know, well, I'm okay with them feeling that way because that's absolutely their right to feel that way because I was that person. <laughs> right. You know, they just don't, don't know me now. Yeah. And if I keep doing what I'm doing, yes. continue, continue to listen and follow what God is telling me to do, mm -hmm. if it's in his plan to bring them back in my life, they will be back in my life. Right. Yep. I always tell people, like at Celebrate Recovery or any meetings, recovery meetings, I say, because initially we all want to say I'm sorry. 
you know, but we all say we're sorry so many times. That it means nothing to people. And so I say that's why, um, as far as the 12 steps go of recovery, that's why it's towards the end as far as the making amends mm -hmm. to people because it takes time. And our amends to people lots of times are them seeing us continue doing yeah, the absolutely. thing. Me, me, yeah. follow, me continuing, continuing being faithful, yeah. continuing yeah. being clean, yeah. continuing, you know, yeah. just, just working at it, just yeah. taking another step. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is the best way yeah. to have people forgive us, trust us, yeah. you know, that, yeah. all of those things. And your question was, that what, what is keeping us uh, out or what, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and my, so my response was God, uh, yeah. you know, I, I didn't provide these opportunities. Mm -hmm. there, there's, I couldn't have. Right. God did that. Yeah. Um, God gave me the opportunity to be involved in this church. God gave us the opportunity to be here with you today. Mm -hmm. God gave me the opportunity to, to get in college that I never thought that would happen. Um, God gave me the opportunity to become an outreach addiction specialist and be out here in these streets helping people get sober. Um, that's God. I, I didn't right. do that. Yeah, I, I, I did the footwork. Yes. God opened the doors. Absolutely. God provided the opportunities. Um, so without a shadow of a doubt, that's the reason I'm out. That's the reason I'm here today. That's the reason I'm still doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know that, yes, God orders our steps. We have to take the steps. Absolutely. We have to say yes, you know, yes to it. Yeah. We have to do things like um, go to meetings. We have to go, do things like make our spiritual life a priority. Yeah. We, you know, it's like those are decisions that we make. I think on a daily basis yeah. that keep us um, yeah. serving the, the Lord, yeah. that keeps us going to the streets and talking to the people. How do yeah. they take you when you go out to the streets and you're telling they, people they about Jesus? They take me pretty well. I mean, just because of, of my appearance. I, I, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that that's why God chose me to do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because of how I look. It's, and a lot of times they tell me it's easier for me to listen to you. Mm -hmm. It's easier for Absolutely. me to hear it from you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, I, you always are going to have people that don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. You're always going to have people that feel like uh, their life in addiction is better than anything else they could have. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously there's obviously going to be times. There's always going to be times where you're going to come in contact with that. But for the most part, uh, they accept me quite well. That's awesome. Have you seen people come off the streets? I have. And go into rehab. I've been a part of getting them there. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I see you, and I know you have because I see you uh, on Facebook all the time saying, yeah. "All right, I know somebody that's out. They need X, Y, and Z." Yeah. Okay, I know somebody, and yeah, and that's where the body of Christ comes in. Like, can I help here? Can I help there? Yeah. Type of thing. How has when you first got out? How has the church? How did the church receive you? Was was reach was that your first church oh, yeah. you went to? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, so you're yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say you know the answer to that. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, with, with me, the program that I was in when I first got out, it's actually a ministry, and is it Joe Hubbard? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, I I would not be sitting here if it was not. I've known Joe a long time. Yeah. We were, in, we were in Mobile together for a while. Yeah. But if it was not for that program, I would not be sitting here right now. Mm -hmm. I had to have what that program offered at the time. And, you know, they are very, it's 
a relatively high-profile program in Warrensburg, mm -hmm. very well known. We can, we can say it. Yeah, I mean, you can say yeah, it. Yeah, it's it. Standing in the Gap Ministries. Ministries. Yes. And, you know, it's very well known in, in the Warrensburg area because everybody, it's a discipleship program. Joe Harbour was, was an addict. Yes. Was an active, that's how, that's how I met him, an active addiction. Yeah. Um, he was very much an active addiction, and he moved away mm -hmm. uh, to, to get his life in order and to get out of addiction and get help and bring his life to God, and then he came back to yeah. give back to where he yes. grew up. And awesome. his heart is in, that's who I was talking to you about earlier, his heart is in jail ministry and, okay. and helping the addict because that was us. Yeah. yeah, you know that—that's why that's where my heart's at. That was me. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know somebody had to reach down into that pit and give me a hand. It's my mm -hmm. turn to reach down in that pit and give somebody else a hand. Right, absolutely. <clears throat> but they—they—they they, they are very well received in the church community there. While, but at the same time, they're kind of shunned. Well, kind of segregated. Mm. Everybody sits together in a certain place in the in yeah. the congregation, Aww. and there are some people who attend here that, because of the way they moved and because of my, I knew immediately that mm. it's like okay, I don't know what program it is, but I know you're a part of some program. Mm. As as a group, you're part of part of a program. Mm -hmm. And I actually approached them later and, and found out about it mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah, you know, I, I yeah, I, you're just my the, people. Yeah, <laughs> the, way, the, way, the way you move, I, yeah, I know, I, you know, I I've been there. Yeah, I was there just a couple of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. you know, and but and here, what the the church body can do, it it was as simple as. I didn't know where I was going up here in Kansas City when I left Warrensburg. Mm. I spent a week with my niece trying to get into a program. Mm -hmm. I had 20 numbers when I got up here. 19 of them said no because of my conviction. Mm. The last one, which was Benilde Hall, said yes. I had no way to get there. Charlie, one of the people that I met mm -hmm. at CR, mm -hmm. Which celebrate recovery for people that don't right, know what CR know the lingo. is. Yeah. You know, I had met at CR at this church, mm -hmm. paid for an Uber for me to get to the program. That's awesome. You know, it could be as simple as giving somebody a ride. Yeah. You know, and being able to get to that program, you know, changed my life. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Benil Hall, I met some of the most fantastic people I've ever met. And it, what? Explain what that is. Is that like a sober it, living it's, house? It's or? a. <clears throat> it's a substance abuse slash transitional housing okay. program, and they, you can stay in the program for up to two years. I was at the at the hall for seven months, and. Everybody but two people that work in that program are in recovery. Mm. So there's you can't BS your way through the program. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, everybody knows. Right. They know you. You know, mm -hmm. and you know, then after the seven months when I graduated that I moved into 
a an aftercare house that they have where it was basically being I was like being on my own only I still had that safety net yeah of if something did happen you know I've got five other guys living in this house that are in the program well three of them were actual staff members living in the house but mm -hmm. there, there were three of us that were still in the, in the program and <clears throat> You know, I, I had that safety net and the people that I could talk to. Yeah. And it let me get used to to where I could live with the situation I'm in now. Right. Which is the first time I have ever had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> first time I've lived on my own ever in my life. Wow. That's awesome. And God restores. Yeah, and that's only because of my, because of family. Mm -hmm. It's it's so important for the church. <coughs> Scary stuff. Yeah. To even if to try to understand, you know, to mm -hmm. bear with one another's burdens, mm -hmm. and so fulfill the law of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and you saying people, you know, accountability. You mm -hmm. you had certain people there for you. Yeah. And I say, come on, church. Come on. That's that's what we gotta be. That's what we need to be as a body of believers. Yeah. That we come around. We yoke ourselves with. You know, the Bible say, yoke yourself with, with your your lesser brother. Mm -hmm. You know, just mm -hmm. not lesser as a person, mm -hmm. but spiritual wise. Mm -hmm. You know, and say, come on. I'll take you with me. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just that, to me, the body of Christ has such an integral part in calling to do that. And I do believe that the body of Christ fails also in that part. Churches, you know, not everybody has a church that is, um, has a lot of people with addiction problems. And mm -hmm. um, some people, you get out, a lot of people don't have a license anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't have a car. I still don't have my license. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, there's not always a church accessible to people right. that maybe you walk in and everyone's like, yeah, you're one of me. Come on, you know, let's yeah. follow Jesus together. Yeah. And so that's where I want to talk to churches as, as well and say, you know what? body of Christ we help our we help our brethren it ties directly uh, I use um, <clears throat> this scripture quite often mm -hmm. um, <laughs> quite often <laughs> uh, but it fits right in with what you're talking about you know Hebrews 13 3 says to remember those incarcerated as if you were incarcerated yourself Absolutely. does it mean incarcerated in prison could be incarcerated in addiction, incarcerated within their cells, incarcerated financially, whatever the case may be. So us as a body of Christ needs to do exactly what that scripture is guiding us to do and remember those that remember. have without that are that are without or have less than what we have. Yes. We need to be step in and be a part of that and help and guide and assist and Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's so much, like you said, just that verse in particular. And yes, I do believe it can mean physical prisons. Absolutely. You know, I, I think... Mental, emotional. Yeah. 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 And I think that um, that's why I wanted to ask you guys, too, of, okay, what kind of ministries came in? Because it takes people. It yeah. takes people yeah. willing in the yeah. body of Christ to say, okay, I'm willing to go in and spend my time yeah. to spread the seeds, you know, yeah. to tell people about the love of God. 
unfortunately, a, a lot of the, the ministries that I was uh, in contact with incarcerated, the people that were coming in were pretty tired. Yeah, yeah. As, as far as, you know, because you, you come into a prison and, and, and like he said, you know, you have guys that are just going there to get out of their cell or to talk to other people or to whatever. Yeah. And people get tired of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not an easy task to come in and preach and bring a sermon to people you know aren't there to hear you preach or your sermon. Yeah. Um, so for me, a lot of the people that I experienced were just yeah. exhausted with prison ministry. Yeah. I think you find that too in um, people that are involved in addiction ministries. Yeah. People that have mm -hmm. substance abuse yeah. addiction yeah. problems because I'm, I myself find myself, I'll get frustrated. Yeah. And I'm like, why, why are you here? You know, yeah. why do you keep... Why do you keep yeah. one foot in that and one foot in that? Yeah. And yeah. you know, and you do you start to yeah. to to get tired and yeah. you know, wore out. And that's that's where I have to remind myself, oh, it's not on me. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. But it's a constant reminder. Yeah. And I think that I I think that totally makes sense. People that yeah. are in that ministry. Yeah. That we they get wore out. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Absolutely. People yeah. want to see results. Like I'm very result driven. Yeah. It, to a ridiculous point, <laughs> and um, you know it's definitely a weakness. Yeah. And so I I try to remind myself that it's not about numbers, you know, it's not about what I am seeing with my physical eyes. It's about just serving the Lord. It's yeah. about doing what God told me to do, yeah. and He harvest. Yeah. You know, and and that has given me a lot of freedom, and yeah. it's also given me a lot of um, more energy yeah. for ministry where I don't feel. You know, I use that verse that Jesus says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I'm going, really? Yeah. I mean, is, is it? Because really? yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not feeling that. Yeah. I'm really weighed down. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. So what's what's the deal? What's yeah. wrong? Yeah. And um, God's like, because you're doing it in your strength. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. So, the, so you know, we, obviously we all know how God works. But yeah. God yeah. is def definitely speaking uh, through you to me right now. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sunday at church, uh, I, I help, I work in recovery, you know, and I do outreach, and I help people, and I was helping someone that I've known for a long time that's coming out of inpatient recovery, get into a sober living house, mm -hmm. um, a friend um, of, a, a friend of ours um, relapsed, and I went out to try to help her mom find her, and, and went over to her parents' house to talk to her before they flew her to Colorado for treatment. And these things were questioned to my significant other. That they were uh, presented to her that she was being questioned about my dis my decisions. Right. And so when she got into the car after her meeting after church, um, and she came out and told me, it was it was irritated. It irritated me for a minute. Yeah. Um, but God just used you to speak to me and just okay. tell me that hey, you know, uh, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And stop worrying about what other people are questioning. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to point okay. that out that that was neat. That, <laughs> that God yeah. gave you something to yeah. go. Yeah. You're doing yeah. what you're supposed to be yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah, because people, you know, lots of times we, we expect people to buy into what God's told us to do. Yeah. And it's something that is not, God hasn't told them to do it. And so we expect people just to, like, come along beside us and totally understand us and respect yeah. us. And that's just not going to happen. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it can be hard. It can hurt our hearts. Yeah. And it's like God just goes... No, just keep following me. 
yeah. just keep doing it that people mm -hmm. may not understand and so that's yeah just something that I've learned through ministry to try to to try to do so is there anything that you guys can think of as far as to the, to the church what does what does the church what what could the church do better commit solely yeah. to um, being involved with individuals that are incarcerated um, even if it's a letter uh, a month or even if it's um, being a part of a, of a fellowship that involves prison ministry if you're sending things in the mail Bible studies or correspondence letters or or whatever it is as far as the incarceration side goes yeah um, coming out you know just be uh, open-minded be open-minded and listen and, and uh, be open to getting a better understanding of what our life has been why it has been the way it was and who we are now mm -hmm. um, you know our, our past doesn't define who we are as individuals does it define who we were of course it does yeah but it doesn't define who we are today so so as a church I would ask that that you attempt to put that aside put that in the back of your mind go to God even if it's if it's bothering you go to God and say God I don't know how to let go of this I don't know how to see this individual in a different way than my mind leads me to seeing so I'm asking you to guide me yeah. and just be open-minded yeah. and open-hearted and, and open-armed yeah. Yeah. I know I've been so blessed by the congregation here and the way they have just thrown their arms around mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. You know, and I I know it started with those two nights that I was able to go to CR here. They just completely welcomed me, and then when I saw the same people on Sunday, they were the same way. And because of their, you know, the way they reached out and hugged me, mm -hmm. you know, not physically, but just yeah. metaphorically, the, the hug that they gave me, the rest of the body followed here has followed suit yep. and you know it's just like what Brandon was saying you know that whatever that hug may look like yeah you know just be the one to give them that hug because somebody else is going to see it's like oh okay it's a they're okay with them then I guess they'll, they'll be okay with me yeah you know and you know just that you know whether it's a letter or, you know the way I mean I've gotten a few joking relationships with people <laughs> that I would never have talked to mm -hmm. two yeah. or three years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. just because of their attitude mm -hmm. and their complete acceptance. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And, you know, and important, so important for the body of Christ yeah. just to... And I think that's why God laid the podcast on, on my heart, is just to be able to talk. Just mm -hmm. talk. Get, get to know people. Mm -hmm. I mean, my heart is so full just from being able to have a conversation with you guys. Yeah. Just listen Just listen to your experience. Um, we all, I say, are just, we're just people. Yeah. You know, what I didn't want the podcast to be is I didn't want to have to always tie a pretty bow on it. Right. You know, because that's not life. Right. And sometimes a church can present it as such. Absolutely. And I, so I wanted, I wanted it to be, that's why I said real honest church talk. Yeah. Because, yeah. 
people outside of the church, um, sometimes they can look at the church and go, that's not even real. Yeah. And that's, I want real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I want real people. I yeah. want real discussions. Yeah. I want to know why kids don't want to come to church. Yeah. I want to know why people that are in prison, why why do you accept what brought you to accepting the Lord? Yeah. What's what's kept you walking the path? Yeah. Like these, to me, are discussions that change lives, yeah. that change minds, that change attitudes. Yeah. And so I just I'm so blessed that you both agreed to put yourselves out there yeah. and to tell your stories. And you know I wanted also to ask, what are your what are your struggles? Do you ever struggle with? Um, well, you had mentioned anger with jobs. You're yeah. like, okay, I, I'm gonna. I know it's a problem with me. I'm gonna work through that. But you know, even sobriety and stuff. Because I know a, a big thing in the realm of just seems like almost everybody I meet in sobriety um, that certain things are okay and certain things are not. And if it's your main gig that got like, if you're a meth addict. It's like, no, I'm, I'm sober. I don't do meth anymore because that's what landed me, mm -hmm. you know, into this situation. Yeah. And, but I can drink like I'm cool. You know, I don't, have a, I don't have a drink problem. I can, you know, vape on some pot. You know, like I can, I can do these things and I'm okay. Um, and I have, I have struggled with that way of thinking because I, I know myself. I can't do any of it. Mm -hmm. Like I can't do yeah. any of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I'm super curious to know, like, do you struggle with that? What's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, just... I, I struggle with people saying they're clean and can continue to yes. use other substances. Yes, okay. I struggle with that. Okay. Um, you're not clean. Yeah. yeah, right. You're not clean. Right. I don't care if you uh, intravenously used heroin for 35 years and now you don't, uh, but you're drinking and smoking weed, you're not clean. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. You're not clean. Um, I also uh, have a hard time with people making life so hard. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. hard. It doesn't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. We don't have to always have something to complain yeah. about. And we don't have to always have something to tell somebody. And we don't always have to one-up somebody or have a better story. Or can, Why can't life just be easy yeah. and loving and compassionate and peaceful? That's where my life. That's what God has brought my life to because yes. my life was so much chaos for so many years mm -hmm. that now it's so peaceful, and I have trouble being around people that don't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you on on the the complaining about. It's like, what are you complaining about? Yeah. Look at what you have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Perspective. I mean, yeah. I, you know, just. Like I said, okay, I don't have a job. I don't have a driver's license. I don't have a car. I do have a way to get around town. You know, I, it may not be the best, but I've got a way. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be able to get a job eventually. Mm -hmm. There's food in my refrigerator. Mm -hmm. I have a bed to sleep in. Mm -hmm. I have a roof over my head. What You're else, free. What You're else free. do I need? Yeah. You know, I'm out here yeah. Yeah. with that. Right. I'm not physically locked up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, what else do I need? Everything else is just bonus. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. 
There's always going to be struggles in life. Yeah. There's always going to be struggles. In life. Absolutely. Um, as Christians, we're to go to God with it. Mm -hmm. And I, that's another thing that I struggle with um, is individuals that do church on Sunday and not Monday through Saturday. Um, Preach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, and see, uh, I like I did not know what your responses were going to be yeah. in this question. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You know, so that's why I was like, yeah. I, that's why I said I want to be honest. I want yeah. to see where you, mm -hmm. where you fell on it. Yeah, yeah. But, but I just, you know, it's got to be every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I have an issue with people that show up on Sundays and hey, brother, I love you and and uh, God is good and and you're worshiping and you're singing and your hands in the air and you're praying. And as uh, soon as church is over, you're cussing with the homie across the street from church and slapping hands and talking about women lustfully and all these things. You're, you're mm. not living in the body yeah. of Christ. And I have an issue with that. Preach. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, I've just, that's been my experience a lot of the times is, is that, yeah, we, we come to church and we have our church face on yeah. and actions on mm -hmm. Sunday and once we walk out the door. And to me, honestly, that's miserable. Yeah. Like, huh. that that would be more yeah. miserable to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not that I'm perfect and I yeah. don't, you know, slip yeah. up now and again. But to me, it's uh, it's easier in, in my heart and in my mind yeah. to, to do what, what I'm doing on Sunday, yeah. on Monday through, yeah. you know, Monday through Saturday. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's take this. So you help people and you talk to people. So uh, somebody new, let's say somebody new in the faith, and um, they've lived a life of addiction, and then they they say to you, "No, it's okay. I, you know, I can smoke some weed. It's not it's not that big of a deal." Um, how do you respond to to people? like that like are you just like dude you can't do that or are you like well, Christ will transform him through time no I take it to scripture and show him that we are a temple mm -hmm. and that we are not to do anything or put anything into this temple that we're that we're, will uh, cause it to be ungodly in any way mm -hmm. um, so if you're coming to recovery and you're giving your life to God and you're continuing to do these things you're not giving your life to God because you're not abiding by what scripture tells us to do you're not allowing the temple to be cleaned. Right. Awesome. What do you think about that, Jim? Well, the approach that I would take on that would be more from the addiction side of it. Mm -hmm. And it's, be, you know, when, like we said earlier, you know, addiction isn't just drugs. It's right. a mm -hmm. it's a mindset, mm -hmm. and when in order to stay away from whatever your addiction of choice mm -hmm. is, you have to eliminate everything that's related to that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like you were saying, even though you were an IV drug user, it's not okay to to smoke yeah. a joint because that's so closely related to your drug of choice, it's just going to, you know... Lead you there. Lead you right back. And still in bondage. It's still in a bondage. Still in bondage, bondage. Yes. Yeah. It's the continued it's mindset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, they, it's just transferring the addiction from one thing to another mm -hmm. instead of working to eliminate the addiction. Yeah. 
And I don't know about you, but I think, especially people that have been in a program, like a 12-step program, whether it be AA, NA, Celebrate Recovery, yeah. you know, whatever, I think that um, people know. Like, they know the truth. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, they know inside. But it's just, it's very, it, to me, it's just a common, it's a common, it's more common than not to have people that say they can, they are a recovered addict or alcoholic, and they still, but they're Continue okay. To do, yeah. yeah, they're okay to do X, Y, and Z, yeah. but just yeah. you know, just not this thing. And so that's that's just honestly me going. All right, what are you guys finding out there, and and what you're what you're thinking along that line? Because sometimes you know people can say, well, you know, it's not that bad. You know, to me, like yeah. it's not that bad, and Christ changes us from glory to glory. You know, so yeah. it's like. And there is that process sure. of God, sure. you know, we can't clean somebody overnight. up. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, God's got to transform them. And yeah. some of us have a lot more transformation yeah. to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? It doesn't happen overnight. Like, right. right. Yeah. And so, progress, not perfection. That's right. Right. That's right. right. And so that's why I just wanted to kind of to talk to you guys about that. Because I think that a lot of people that are incarcerated, it has a lot to do with addiction problems. Sure. I mean, sure. what would you say? How many percentage wise would you say people that are incarcerated have had an addiction? 98%. Yeah. Yeah. 98%. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that anybody that's interested in listening to this podcast is probably going to be, um, I mean, they go hand in hand. Yeah. You know. So is there anything else that you guys want to want to share or can, can think of that maybe I didn't ask that people? Would be helpful for people to know. Well, Brandon mentioned it earlier about living your faith out every day. Mm -hmm. You know, being a Christian isn't about the church service on Sunday That's right. and yeah. that person standing up there preaching. Yeah. It's a, it's about the fellowship that we have. Absolutely. Every, the rest of the week. You know, while yes, it's good to learn. Mm -hmm. on Sunday we have to what we learn on Sunday we have to live on Monday right and that's the you know the yeah. big the big thing that I think that the church needs yeah. is to take that lesson from Sunday and apply it to our lives every day mm -hmm. and I'm including myself yeah, in yeah, that me too. because I, I need to do that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and what does that look like just Part of it is dedicating yourself in some of your personal time to studying Scripture. You have to know, you know, look at how Christ interacted with, pe with people. And who did He go to and reach out to? He didn't reach out to the preachers and, <laughs> and the people sitting in the synagogue. Yeah, He reached out to the people in the street mm -hmm. that had mud up to their knees. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the people he was reaching out to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just, it's an old cliche, you know, what would what would Jesus do? Yeah. But by studying scripture, you get a better sense of, in this situation, what would Christ have me do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, follow that. Yeah. You know, 
But ask yourself in all situations, what would Christ have me do in this situation? Right. I think for me, just real briefly, is yeah. is just for for everyone to remember that we're the same as you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because our life was different, just because um, we were addicts or we were incarcerated or whatever the case may be, doesn't make us any different. Uh, we still feel and hurt and love and all those things the same as you do. So yeah. That's most important. And the outside package doesn't always match the inside part. Yeah. yeah. Don't judge the book by the cover. Yep, there's that. It's on my arm. Yeah. It's on my arm. Is it really? Read, read the book, not its cover. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for for just taking your time to be here thank and, to, and just share yeah. your experience, your strength, and your hope, and just, you know, opening up all the this junk and just letting the light shine sure. on it because yeah. that's, what, that's what we're to do. You know, we're to use what our experience has been in life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to help others. Absolutely. That's it. So, God bless you both. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. And uh, definitely we'll be praying for you guys in your journey. And don't be surprised if I don't meet with you all again. Mm -hmm. and, and we do a round two. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right.